That was the best loving I ever had. Me too. That goes triple for me. Word from between the bedsheets just came in. You're good, but you can always do better. We want to hear from all the sex kittens and dirty dogs out there. All the cuddlers, stocking wearers, rope tires and biters. Just remember, this is a show for all the lovers, not the fighters. Naughty rude. 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 The show where anyone can have their say. Sin Media acknowledges and pays respects to the people of the Wurrung and Boonwurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nation, on whose unceded lands the Sin Office and Studio Sam. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia, where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty had never been ceded. It, it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Naughty Rude Show, the naughtiest and rudest show on Sin. And if there's a naughtier and ruder show on Sin, what are you doing? I'm sorry, we're the Naughty Rude Show. You can't do that. I am Zach, and I am joined by Adam. Adam, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Excited for another naughty round of uh, naughty round of discussion. Naughty round of discussion, indeed, because we're going to be talking about some social media updates, because a mm. very famous social media platform, famous for not allowing nudity, has re-allowed nudity. Exactly, the decided to not be, uh, Tumblr's decided to not be uh, prudish anymore and allowed people to express themselves in a different way online. Bit of an interesting one to dive into. We're also going to have an interview with a lovely special guest. I'm not going to spoil who it is just Ooh. yet, but people, they are related to the Fringe Festival, which uh, we've we been love covering. It. We love it, Have to stay as tuned for it. As well as some plenty of... Other naughty, rude topics. Uh, And while you're waiting to hear those, or if you've got a topic you want to suggest, hit us up on our socials. You can hit us up at Naughty Rude Sin. That is Naughty Rude S-Y-N, all one word, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Or you can use Tumblr. You can go to thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask if you want to hit us a question or a topic or some praise or some insults but please don't (laughs) if you just want to call us sexy that's honestly a really good one just do that but it's completely anonymous so we won't know who you are uh so you know if you want to if you want to stay nice and secretive do that Hmm. and if people want to catch past shows where can they do that that you can take it on any of the um recording platforms that you can access whether that be Spotify, whether that be Apple Music, we broadcast um, the Naughty Rude Show on all these on all these available platforms. Yeah, so make sure you get involved and check out past episodes of the show. And of course, just because sometimes the things we talk about can be a little bit heavier, mm. if you do need to reach out to someone, you can get in touch with a helpline. You can contact Beyond Blue at one three hundred two two four six three six. Kids Helpline at one eight hundred five five one eight hundred. Or QLife helpline at one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you need it. Also, we aren't medical professionals. We can only offer advice. We cannot help with any medical assistance you need. Now, Adam, hmm. has your week been satisfyingly naughty and/or rude? If you count uh, doing a lot of tennis commentary, then yes, it's been very naughty. But no, it's been a more innocent week for me. It's been a more, been definitely a career-driven week, not a. Uh, not a naughty field week, unfortunately, but... Well, I you pe- have been watching people play with balls. Exactly, as is tradition. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's been just as entertaining as I thought it would be. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, my week has been um, a 
about the same as usual, which is to say not very naughty or rude, but still solid week. Still interesting, entertaining as always. So interesting and entertaining. You are listening to the Naughty or Rude show here on Sin with Zach and Adam, where we talk all things sex and relationships and health and dating and advice and mental health and safe partying and a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> Bit of everything. Bit of everything that is either naughty and or rude. And speaking of things that are naughty and or rude... Tumblr, right? Mm, we love infamous it. Infamous for allowing pornography, infamous for then not allowing pornography, and infamous then for losing most of its users. They truly went from one extreme to the other. I think that's something we can all agree on. And they have gone back. <laughs> so, this I'm getting this from the New York Times, uh, an article by Claire Fay. It has been reported that Tumblr is once again allowing Ooh. nudity, which is a very interesting... Mm. Very interesting. Now, there are some... Um, caveats to this because they are allowing nudity they're not allowing full-on pornography as in like sex Mm. acts which i believe they used to i might be wrong on that but i'm pretty sure they used to Mm. so it has Um, to be kind of classy classy nudity and all that well it can be Uh, unclassy it can be whatever kind of nudity you want it just can't be straight up sex it can't Mm. be straight up like pornography pornography it can't be anything hardcore Mm. Uh, now, how familiar are you with the Tumblr porn ban, by the way? Honestly, Tumblr's never really been my thing. I was kind of thinking I was kind of the generation after that. I've been kind of... I use Reddit a lot, and Reddit is quite interesting when you compare it to, like, other things. Like, for example, Instagram doesn't allow anything, not even, like, nipples in the case of ladies. But then Reddit's kind of like a... Reddit's like a free-for-all. So I think it's really interesting kind of comparing different social media apps and yeah. kind of what they allow and what they don't allow. Yeah, well, I'll just um, read out this bit, uh, and this is how... Tumblr, this is what, what uh, the, the funniest description I've ever heard, basically, of nudity. <laughs> Tumblr did not allow any photos, videos, anything like that, that show real-life human genitals or female-presenting nipples. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Which is the funniest, the funniest phrase yeah. I have ever heard. Yeah, I don't think the person who wrote that sentence might have actually seen a female nipple. <laughs> female presenting nipple. nipples. What does that mean to you? I don't know. It sounds like she's doing like a big presentation, like a big drum roll, please, and here are my nipples. Like, does does it just mean a nipple that is attached to a breast? Can I, I can I Photoshop male nipples onto a boob, and is that no longer a female presenting nipple? I'm I'm quite confused, honestly. I'm exactly. a little bit a little the, bit lost. The like, point is, the yeah. wording was terrible. It was a weird, weird, mm. weird change because they were known for pornography. Well, not <laughs> known for, but they they were very heavy on infamous. the porn. Bit infamous for it, yeah. Mm. Uh, but they're allowing it back, and. I will say the timing of this is a little bit interesting, given that a lot of people are currently hesitant to use Twitter, which kind of took over the role of sharing porn, uh, given <laughs> took uh, the, the recent buyout. So it's I, I don't know if the timing has anything to do with it. It very well might. I'm not mm. here to speculate on that. I more just want to talk about social media and pornography in general. Because like you said, mm. it's interesting what some platforms do allow, some platforms don't allow. Like mm. for some, it's a very hard line. Like, again, something like Instagram, it's a hard line. Like, they exactly. are pretty damn mm. strict. I think it's a very complicated um, relationship that social media and nudity has. Because, um, as we have seen in the last um, probably decade, there were, there's been huge leaks when it has come to, like, revenge porn. Mm. Revenge porn being kind of in the news for not great. And celebrity, I mean, um, there was, like, the iCloud that is what the celebrity calls the fappening, which uh, was when um, a lot of celebrities' iCloud accounts got hacked and their nude pictures, both male and female, unfortunately got leaked to the um, leaked to the internet. Because obviously that's a clear invasion of privacy. 
But then again, there's the opposite thing where, like, for people, a lot of for a lot of people, their their body is their pride, like nudity or something. The way their body looks is just skin, and it doesn't yeah. mean anything else to them. So it's a very it's a very complicated issue that there's probably no right a- right answer to. Well, there's also the matter of first mm. of all, a lot of you know sex workers and like. Mm not safe for work artists use social media and a lot of them used Tumblr specifically to promote their work. Mm. Once that goes, that's all gone and they have to kind of rebuild exactly. that following. Also, the system... So Tumblr used an automated system, had a lot of very unintentional side effects, such <laughs> as pride flags getting flagged for no. being explicit, which isn't great. Um, no, it is not. <laughs> shout out to this one image that I remember seeing years ago of every pride flag had been censored except for the asexual pride flag, which is very <laughs> funny to me. Um, but very, very bad. Very, very bad. Mm. Um, and, I mean, that speaks to just kind of a wider problem with automation in general mm. with these sorts of things, which is an entirely different argument. I mean, yeah, that kind of ties in with what's going on on Twitter at the moment where people who are actually... It's the responsibility of them to kind of look at the content people are releasing are actually getting fired. Mm. And which kind of... We're entering, like, almost a scary new world there where it could be just an absolute... People are predicting it could be an absolute free-for-all. It's, it's very... Yeah, scary new world is a kind of good way of putting it. Now... I'll say from my perspective, I don't really have a problem with, Mm. like, pornography and nudity on social media generally. Mm. Um, I do think the problem, like, there are problems when it's not, I don't want to say moderated properly, but more almost market, not marketed. Like, the problem is that users on these sites can be a lot of, can be quite young, right? I think Mm. Instagram, you have to be 13 or up, I believe, to make Mm. an account. And even then, there's and, nothing preventing you from actually faking your age. And Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing that prevents you from faking your age on anything on the internet. Exactly. Good luck with that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's like you need to have a platform that is very clearly safe. Mm. And I don't know if a lot of platforms, and this is me speaking personally and also as someone who, you know, in my, because I did media in uni, I kind of did a lot on studying, like, social media. And seeing how bad and how, like, unsafe a lot of it is, is real bad. Yeah, it's a bit, oh, it's a bit iffy. It's a bit rough. I think there's um, definitely issues surrounding, like, the uh, authorization issues or kind of, like, yeah. basically being able to prove your ID. Pre- like, if you are don't share those images online, that you're consenting to those images being there and you yourself are actually putting it on there. Because I feel like, especially when it kind of, more on Reddit, there's a lot of kind of amateur stuff out there that people can kind of, people like, there's a lot of body positivity pages where people can just post their body and kind of get like, just because they feel like doing it, or they can kind of like ask for advice, like how to make this look bigger, better, bigger, whatever. So I think, yeah, there's probably a lot of issues there. The people, the people who are actually posting those pictures are those pictures, are those people. Yep. And so I think there's definitely issues surrounding that. Verification is very difficult. That's the word. Yeah. And with the rise of like, you know, as, as technology gets better, it's easier to fake. It's easier to verify, but it's also easier to fake. And that's mm. quite disturbing. There's a lot of other things we could go into. This has been kind of barely even a skim of it. Uh, I will just say very quickly, if anything that we've mentioned has sort of raised any issues or if you mm. feel the need to reach out to someone and talk to someone, uh, again, you can contact Beyond Blue at one three hundred two two four six three six. That is one three hundred two two four six three six. Kids Helpline at 1-800-55-1800. That is 1-800-55-1800. QLife Helpline at 1-800-184-527. That is 1-800-184-527. You can also contact the National Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence Counseling Service. Their number is 1-800-RESPECT. So if you feel the need to reach out to someone about anything we've mentioned, please do so. 
You're here on the Naughty Rude Show with Zach and Adam. Adam, how you doing? Yeah, not so bad. Been a pretty good week and very excited for what the show has uh, has in store for us in the future. I am so excited for what it's got in store for us right now because I live in the present. And also because <laughs> I had a lovely chat, teased it earlier, spoke to the creative director of Fringe himself, Simon Abrahams. Absolutely lovely chat. So here, take a listen. This is just a little snippet of that wonderful, wonderful time. Take a listen with Simon Abrahams, Fringe's creative director, to hear a retrospective of Melbourne Fringe this past year. As the first year of live performance in about three years, this year's festival held a special place and was considered a great success. Of course, being the Naughty Root Show, we just had to talk about the sexy, scandalous, and oh-so-naughty part of Fringe Festival. With plenty of shows all about being as sexy as possible, Fringe was a place where the taboo was everywhere. For Simon, Fringe's acceptance and safety for the naughty and rude made it a place where sexuality could flourish. You know, Fringe absolutely is a place that, you know, um, supports, I guess, everyone to be themselves. And I think um, Fringe, therefore, you know, is a place where you can, where nudity is acceptable, where trans bodies are loved, where, you know, no matter who you are and what you are, it's a place that you're kind of supported to to say what you want to say and to be who you want to be, be who you are. And I think, um, I think that's a very conscious decision on behalf of our organisation to do that. And we see that in the incredible, incredible kind of sexual expression that we see from our from our artists and from our audiences, from our staff, from, you know, I mean, across the board, we see just the kind of incredible diversity celebrated at, at Fringe. It, it brings um, an amplification um, of positions that are somehow um, or sometimes marginalised. Um, to say that um, this is a place where, you know, alternative sexual expression lives and is supported. And therefore, it, it kind of, I guess, amplifies that or highlights that for the mainstream. And I think there's so many people who live in very, you know, vanilla white bread understandings of what, you know, <laughs> happens in the world. And we're thrilled to kind of enable those sort of conversations to be... Um, yeah, to be amplified and to, to say to mainstream Melbourne, look at what's happening, you know, under the surface and isn't it incredible? We also spoke about just how different everyone's sexual expression is in the fringe scene. From drama to comedy to titillating thrills, no two acts ever felt the same. Simon specifically highlighted the increased presence of cabaret, variety fo- shows focused on all sorts of amazing, sexy and amazingly sexy performers as a way for artists to show off the incredibly different ways they all express their very sexy selves. We saw a lot of, I guess, the rise of cabaret as a really interesting art form. Um, More and more artists, more and more audiences, and cabaret is an art form for personal, um, I guess, it's a place where people, for personal expression, a place where people kind of divulge their secrets, I think, too. They often show their bodies um, and, and they will kind of tell their stories. So I thought, saw it absolutely through theatre, through dance, through music, through cabaret, um, through the visual arts, through every art form. We saw kind of amazing self and sexual expression. I think about a work like um, A Rainbow of Tomorrows, which is still on at the Korea Heritage Trust, which was part of Deadly Fringe, which was a program that um, uh, was about 
queer black futurism and looking at a kind of, yeah, queer black, you know, picture of the world and and what the world could be. And and I I love, you know, those kinds of really different expression through visual art, you know, as opposed to, as I say, the kind of amazing performative outcomes that we saw in the festival as well. Huge thank you to Simon Abrahams for joining us here on The Naughty Rude Show and to all the wonderful performers we've spoken to in the past few weeks. While Melbourne Fringe has come to an end, there are always plenty of sexy shows to see, so make sure to check out your local theatres, give those small performers the love they always deserve, and of course, stay tuned to The Naughty Rude Show. If you want to catch the full interview, you can find that up very, very shortly on our podcast feed, so keep your eyes and your ears Peeled. Thank you again to Simon Abrahams for joining us. Next up on the menu tonight is something that's coming a bit of like almost like a weekly a weekly thing on the show is that we're venturing to the weird, wonderful and naughty root of Reddit mm. and in particular our sex. So what questions do we have this week? Uh, does, what questions this week are we discussing from the lovely people of Reddit? So yeah, these come from r slash sex and r slash ask Reddit after dark. Not reading out usernames because I don't want to. Um, <laughs> and again, if you want to submit a question for us, you can do that on our socials at naughty root syn S-Y-N, at Naughty Rude, S-Y-N, Naughty Rude Sin, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or the thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com mm. forward slash ask. So, first question, and a little bit of context. The person who submitted this was 22 years old. Why oh, no. do I want sex, even if I'm not actually in the mood? It's Ooh. hormones. <laughs> Our body is literally, like, designed for sex. Like, Our brain is literally wired at that age to want sex. I, I, I did. The reason I wanted to ask this one though is I wanted to kind of mm. bring it into a bit, of, bit of a wider conversation. Mm. Have you ever been basically so bored that you just decide to jack off? Honestly, yeah. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's kind of like your brain, your brain wanders. Your brain's got nothing to think. Just Downstairs, like, it's kind of saying, "Yeah, you can." The brain's sure. saying, "You can." Your left hand or your right hand, depending which you use. <laughs> Is saying, yeah, we're keen, one thing leads to another, and voila. It's just like, yeah, sure. Mm. Like, I've got nothing else to do right now, I guess. It's like a means to an end, honestly. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, just burn the time, watch some YouTube, kick the soccer ball, have a wank. (laughs) Yeah, basically. For me, the worst one is when I'm trying to sleep. Mm. I'm suddenly like, man, why am I horny now? (laughs) It's like... 10 o'clock at night, like 11 o'clock at night. I have to go to bed. Mm, it's like God your body. Damn it. Yeah. And it's like you can't even enjoy it. You just grumpily do it. Exactly. You just kind of have to do it. Just kind of keep, keep the peace within your head. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, that was just a fun little one to lead in. This one is less of a um, direct, like, advice offering and more just, mm. again, a bit of a conversation. Mm. What's your go-to method of birth control or protection? I think condoms, condoms, and more condoms. That's one thing all can say. One, it protects from any accidents. In my case, I know the world does not need any more Adam Millers. Uh, for at least the next decade, that is for sure. One one of them is enough, and I can't look after myself, so I do not need anything else to look after. But yeah, I think birth control, I mean, honestly, having a piss every time after sex, that is a form of birth control in itself. Or just kind of SCI, also SCI protection. Like, that's probably a big thing, because just using condoms, that doesn't mean that you're automatically guaranteed to not... to Because it, condoms can rip. Yeah, there's no method of sex of um, hmm. protection that is 100% effective. Hmm. That being said, t- use them. And yeah. also, condoms have the convenience factor exactly. of being relatively cheap, hmm. relatively small, exactly. easy to carry, a bunch of other things. Or if you're a female who does decide to kind of have... 
do it in another way, have sex another way. Um, the morning after pill is something you definitely kind of want to look into. Or even you can get, um, I know you can get birth control. Yeah. I like um, actually like put it into your body, kind of so sort of regulates to make yeah, sure you the, can get intravenous uh, yeah, birth intravenous. control. You mm. can get IUDs, which are again mm. inserted. Mm. Uh, the main thing with those is they don't protect against STDs. The only way to really protect against STDs is with a barrier method, mm. namely condoms, or they're referred to as female condoms, or you might see mm. them sometimes referred to as vaginal condoms. Mm. They're fairly similar to condoms. It's yeah. just they go inside the vagina rather than on top of the penis. Exactly. I um, think, yeah. And just a heads up with the condoms as well. I know I said, you know, use multiple forms of birth control. Don't use multiple condoms at once, though, um, because they rub against each other and it makes them rip easier. The friction does uh, not end well. That's one thing no. we can all agree on. No, 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 no. No, no, no it does not. Uh, this is just probably, this is like kind of the last little lead-in question. And this is a, an absolutely personal one for you. I just want to oh, hear lo- your opinion. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Socks, hot or not, during sex? I honestly think it depends on the weather. I mean, I certainly... Depends on the weather? Oh, I ser- I mean, honestly, I sometimes wear them during just because I get cold, when the feet get cold. <laughs> Can confirm I do not have a foot fetish, just to put it out there. So, in a sexual point of view, no, but in a kind of like just keeping your body comfortable during it, yes. Some people don't, some people don't like it. Some people, like, they have... Things to it, I think you can't chat it out if you get cold feet, which I know I do a lot of time. Can't chat it out, but I think from a sexual point of view, definitely no, not my thing. Not your thing? Nah. Look, I have terrible circulation, so I just wear socks all the time. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's go to some actual, actual advice now, though. So, my boyfriend asked for a threesome, and I don't know how to ask someone else to join. Any advice on this, please? Mm, I think that's an interesting thing. You can go about it kind of two ways. Like there are, especially I know in Melbourne, given we are a bit of a kinky hedonistic city, I know there are quite a lot of sex clubs that you can kind of go to and kind of meet people. Especially like um, uh, probably as a female, you are don't find it quite a lot easier to find. It's honestly, it's actually trickier. You're probably more likely to find just kind of the way things work, more likely to find a um another guy who's keen. So it really depends. Is your is your boyfriend keen for guy, girl, girl, or guy, anything? Girl, obviously. Yeah, it's hard because we don't know the gender or sexuality of the person who asked this. Um, Um, I'll say from my experience, not that I have any experience with threesomes, (laughs) but from what I know, uh, dating apps can be an Mm. okay option. Be very upfront. Don't spring it on someone. Like, put it in your profile that it is what you're looking for. You won't get a lot of luck, but you will find people who are looking for the same thing at the Mm. very least. Mm. If you try and hide it and then spring it on people of like, by the way, this is not actually a date. It's a threesome. It's like yeah. nobody's going to like that. So mm. be upfront. You won't get a lot of matches probably. But if you do get any, chances yeah. are they'll be in the mood for what they Yeah, at the end of the day, everyone's kind of, it's called like a unicorn. Everyone's hunting for yeah, that person who, who's kind of keen. And I think you just, you can't just say, I want one, I have to have one. Just kind of let it happen naturally. But I think, yeah, especially like some people are involved in those kind of, orgy communities where they kind of know people who can and there's some attraction but if it's your first time kind of looking for one I think probably dating apps is, and then just take it slowly and yeah. just be as like we say every day just be open that this is what we want it, you'll be able to find someone it will take time though because exactly. think about it you know, you're looking for this, which means you don't know how to start. So does probably a lot of other people and you also need to find someone who's attracted to sexually attracted to you and also your boyfriend yeah so, have a bit of a look around. I'm sure you'll find someone eventually. Uh, this is one that... Now, I'll be honest. I actually do feel this one quite personally. 
But the question is worded in a way that's really funny. Uh, uh, so it's a how, moment. How do you start seeing yourself as a sexual being? <laughs> and I 100% get what they're asking, right? Because mm. this is something that I've considered myself a lot. It's like, mm. and I'll read out a, a little bit of the extra description of the question. So among a bunch of sexual issues I have regarding no slash low libido, Libido? Is it libido or libido? Sorry, tangent. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Libido. Libido. Um, I also don't consider myself a sexual being, but really wish I could. Now, the phrase sexual being makes you sound like an alien. Um, (laughs) But I do actually fully understand and honestly quite relate to this Mm. because I've struggled to understand not necessarily like how to have sex, but more in the sense of like, how do I see myself as someone who actively wants to or could have sex? And how so, to be comfortable with the fact that you yeah, actually are attracted to someone and you just want to... Yeah, and being comfortable with, with it. And I think that's where the question is really going. It's how do I be comfortable Precisely. looking for sex? Did you have a moment? Or like, did you ever kind of have that phase or were you kind of comfortable from the get-go? I think I went through the stage that every high school boy goes through that you kind of you want to have sex but you don't really kind of know what sex is. You suddenly kind of... You reach like 14, 15, you like... Damn, girls are attractive. Damn, she looks nice. Well, I'd w- I want to kind of get in with her. But you don't really know how to. You don't kind of know how to approach that. You don't actually know how to chat it out. But you also, you don't know how to act flirty. Like, teenagers are very cringe. I think that's something we can all agree on. Well, I'm still cringe. Exactly. <laughs> it's a personality trait for everybody, but I think especially kind of dealing with that, it's kind of like romance is scary, sexuality is scary, but also as a teenager, you probably don't kind of really know kind of like, you know what it is, you know the positions, just through main culture and pornography, but you can't imagine, yeah, and you kind of you imagine in your head kind of you doing it, but you don't, actually, you don't actually kind of say like, how do I do this? How do I do that? And it is a very scary thing, especially kind of like being sex. Obviously, you don't be naked. A lot of people struggle with um, body confidence, like the way they look, whether it be downstairs, upstairs, their face, whatever. So I think it's completely understandable. Your kind of question is like, how am I going to look while having sex? How can I kind of be comfortable, like even as simple as being a guy, how am I comfortable like, being hard in front of a girl? Or if I don't get hard, how, what the fuck am I, what am I meant to do? I think, and this is advice that, like I've heard online, I'll, mm. I'll put it out to you. I don't know how good advice it is, but like mm. getting comfortable being naked just in general. Mm. Like if you're home by yourself, you can be, you can, you can not wear clothes. Nobody's mm. going to be there to you see you. Look in the mirror, you can kind of admire yourself. In the mirror, like get comfortable with it because mm. you can't really be comfortable being naked around another person if you're not comfortable being naked by yourself. Precisely. I think, yeah, but uh, I think I can definitely like it. took me a long time to be to be comfortable telling girls what I like, and whether that be like a more softer or a more rougher version of sex and kind of being able to actually chat out with them and actually kind of life flow with them saying, oh, I can't wait to do this with you or that with you. It took me a long time because um, when you, you're scared that someone's going to judge you, and especially being a guy like you're a teenager, you might not think that sex will happen again. Of course it will happen again, but 17, 18, you kind of think to yourself, this might not happen again. I don't want to lose this opportunity. Oh, my God, she actually wants to do it with me. I'll also say that in terms of, mm. and I'm going to use the questions phrasing, becoming a sec- or seeing yourself as a sexual being, mm. uh, something that I've been, like, like putting yourself out there in very easy ways, mm. something that I've been trying to do, right, mm. is even small things, you know, just buy condoms, right? Mm. Like, like it, Be prepared. It, at least, yeah, like it's a way of, you know, going, okay, I can just do this. I mean, I think I've said this on air before. I'm not actually sure. Maybe I have. Uh, is I didn't even know you could buy condoms from supermarkets mm. until I was 18 and working in one. Mm. And I didn't buy any until I was like 20 or 21. Mm. And it's like, that's because I didn't even know that I could. But now it's like, 
I mean, I know I can. I don't You're need awesome. them, mm. but I know that I can. And in a slightly more extreme version of the same thing, try buying a sex toy. Mm. Buy it on buy it online. You know, don't get need to delivered. get get it get it safely delivered. Yeah, easy. I think yeah, I think especially the condoms, you kind of feel like they're like you, it's almost illegal buying them. Like I remember the first yeah. time I did it with um, a girl, as uh, viewers would know, like mine was like a Tinder thing. Like I literally kind of went to the girl like, oh, I'm going to buy some other things to kind of distract from the fact I'm buying condoms. Like I bought like a Powerade and a, bo- and a box of shapes and all that just so I could kind of deflect the attention. And once I once I bought the condoms, I like quickly shoved them in my pocket because I was like, crap, I don't I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to. Like, people don't stare at me and judge me because I'm buying condoms. But again, as someone who worked in a supermarket, no one cares, right? Mm. Like, I barely looked at what I was scanning half the time. It was just like, <laughs> oh, this is a box. It's probably snacks. No, it was condoms half the time. I just <laughs> didn't even notice because I just didn't care. No one does. Mm. Anyway, uh, hopefully that's a bit helpful, you know, and just know that you're not really alone. Like I've said, I'm going through this. Mm. Uh, we'll do we'll do kind of one more, very, very quick one, maybe. Uh, and it's more just one I want to hear your thoughts on rather than we'll go into detail on. But uh, yep. Easy, why far do away. men put no effort into nudes? And this is a really interesting one, I think, because I think, there's yeah. such a big stereotype. I'll like, like, <laughs> let you go first. But I think like, a lot of guys kind of think that downstairs is all that kind of matters. That if the dick is hard, then that's kind of all the girl wants to see, which isn't the fact, because you can be, like, a lot of people aren't attracted to do, to to kind of genitalia. They're attracted, they might be attracted to like your shoulders or a girl's neck or kind of roll track that. But I think I've got a lot of things that all the attention has to be downstairs when it could be, it could be like a, a picture of like your, I don't know, your thighs or like your chest. And they're not, I think they're not afraid because horniness is basically telling them that they just want to see something, but I don't know how to kind of tell a girl they kind of want to see something. Yeah, they also probably kind of said the kind of said that um, girls kind of, they are turned on, the girls might want to see something, but they also just don't want to see like the dick there. They don't want to see the abs or the chest. So I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think a lot of guys kind of. I think horniness wins over effort, and they just kind of want to just they want to kind of send something very very quickly so they can get something very quickly in return. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I I was thinking more. It's like, I mean, in a similar vein, a stereotype of like, Mm. you know, the the graceful woman versus the guy who's just just lying on the couch and just doing something. Yeah. Again, no effort. Kind of beauty and the beast. Yeah, kind of in that sort of vibe. Um, yeah, I think that that just wanting something quickly in return, that's probably mm. a really good way of looking at it. Mm. But yeah, put more effort into your nudes, guys. You know, strike a pose or something. Exactly. I don't know. Also, I mean, this is maybe a weird one, but yeah. I don't think genitalia is particularly attractive, right? Mm. I wouldn't call on it own. attractive no. on its own. Like, yeah. as part, a- attached to someone, sure. But just a picture of genitals, I'm kind of like, um... It's just skin. It's what am I? What am I, This looks like a diagram I would see in my biology textbook. <laughs> my name is Olivia McLeod, and you're listening to the Naughty Rude Show. We're the Naughty Rude Show. We're Zach and Adam, and we're talking about strip clubs. Adam, have you ever been to a strip club? Um, accidentally got taken to one without my prior knowledge, and it was a bit of a shock for nearly eighteen-year-old me. Oh that my is for sure. God. Okay, I'm just going to quickly give a heads up. If you're going to take someone to a strip club, tell them it's a strip club first. Exactly. Um, communication also works with your mates. Um, mm. Yes. So, uh, the story. Do Once help. upon a time in a, in a place very far, far away in a beautiful area. Not really. It was Punt Road, Richmond. <laughs> so essentially, um, I was in the city that night playing a bit of a water polo tournament. So, and uh, we just finished up. So I was kind of training it back in the city. For I think we won. So it was pretty happy days. And I was nice. kind of training it back um to uh, Richmond because I kind of live out 
Adderich, so it's kind of on the way home. And a mate who was at the uh, footy that night, I think it was the Tigers and Pies. Go Cats, by the way. Um, he was like, uh, so I'm going out, I'm going to drink um, after the game. You're in? I'm like, yeah, yeah, not too bad. So I kind of got off a ring with him, Richmond. I'm in a celebratory mood. So I'm like, yeah, he's team one. I won. Happy days. So my mate, lovely guy, a little bit rough around the edges. Um, very honest. Uh, does some. Uh, lives a very exciting life and always good fun hanging with them. So he kind of says, "Oh yeah, I know this cool bar and all that we're going to." I'm like, "Oh cool, cool. Um, I'll tag along, have a bit of fun." So me and him, him already quite drunk, me drunk on happiness, uh, walking hand in hand uh, along Huddle Street, and we get to this place called the. And we get to this place um in the area, and we're kind of lining up, and it's like, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, it's like a nice vibe, classic kind of grungy pub, pub on every corner, kind of things like that, Richmond area very much. And we're kind of getting there, and I kind of see, I'm kind of walking things, like it's mostly blokes, I'm like, all pubs are. So I'm like, oh, that's easy. I'll just get a drink, have a chat, then we get on with it. And I get to the front of the line, and I, um, I look at the sign, and it says, adult entertainment services on premise here, no under 18 years old. I'm like, oh, maybe they have like, I don't know, a wet t-shirt competition every every week or something like that. Or, I don't know, something like that. And I'm like, and like, you know, and that's some point where my says, they're like, yeah, Adam, I'm taking you to a titty bar. I'm like, oh, lovely. <laughs> Damn. I'm like, I just have to laugh, honestly. And he wasn't, um, he wasn't lying. There wasn't any misinformation in that statement. So I'm like, yeah, the uh, I think the uh, the security guard gave me a, I think the security guard had a good laugh to himself when he saw my face. He was like, you're in for something, mate. That's for sure. A good experience, a bad experience, but an experience altogether. Well, so, well, was it a good experience or a bad experience? Or was yeah, it just? It was an eye-opening experience. It was an eye-opening. Well, were your eyes open? Ah, uh, yeah. So essentially, the way it works is that I mean, when you kind of hear the word "titty bar," topless bar, shall I say? You imagine every person, every like um lady who's working in the bar will be topless. That wasn't really the case. It was a bit weird, honestly. There were a couple who were just kind of wearing normal bar outfits. There were one. There were a couple like in a in a lingerie. And there was another. There was like two who were topless. So it was a bit awkward, honestly. It was just kind of one. I mean, um, it's all to me. It's all skin. Like it didn't really do anything to me in that regard. It's all very natural. And if people want to work that, I'm very positive when it comes to sex work. I feel like if you're doing something safe and you feel like this career career choice that you wish to make, I'm all supportive for it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm completely good for that. But yeah, I kind of actually yeah. Uh, as luck would have it, I end up getting the girl who's uh, as a bartender who's topless, and she said, "Oh, can I get everything? To me? Can I get everything?" And can I get can I get you a drink? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and this was me kind of like only having just lost my virginity probably like a month or two beforehand. So very new to the world of sex and basically new to the world of sex when it's not on the screen. Right. So <laughs> so kind of seeing in front of me, I'm like, hello, <laughs> I'm Adam. How are you? <laughs> like, see, I, okay, I have never been to anything like that. The closest I guess I've come to is, I mean, I've been to cabaret shows where people have been naked, but mm. that's... It's not the same thing. It's performance. It's performance. It's and art. the idea is never really on the nakedness itself, but or, but usually on like the dance or whatever. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's a bit of both, but it's mm. whatever. I don't think I would be able to take that seriously. I think it would be yeah. too funny. Um, mm. But yeah. that's just me. Um, yeah. mm. Would you call that a strip club, though? It doesn't sound like it's like a convention. Like what, That's not what I think when I hear the word strip club. I mean, it wasn't like going in like the thing is, it was basically your average bar, like average like, bar, of like pool table, footy on the TV, just girls were topless. I mean, me and my mate were kind of just kind of watching the TV. Don't know, we didn't really know where to look. And a girl and one of the uh, lovely ladies comes up to us, say, "Um, we're doing a show soon. Do you wanna do you wanna watch, or do you wanna be a part of it?" I'm like, 
We, I think we'll be right. I think we'll be right. What sort of show? I think do, uh, do, was, you, was it a strip like performance? Or? Yeah, I think yeah? Uh, okay. one or two layers winding up on the ground. I think our okay. our audience can put two and two together. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That feels like it would be weird, yeah. but not mm. much. Like I don't know if it would leave much of an impression. If I was eighteen, like mm. freshly eighteen, then yeah, yeah exactly. probably would. I think even at the time, it didn't really do anything for me. And kind of like, dare I say, turning me on. Because like yeah, you're literally surrounded by a bunch of like fifty, six year old blokes. Right. Very, so yeah, very much it's not older. it's not a very kind of like, damn, you are damn like wow. Sitting in front of Mr. Peretz is like it's not that type of environment. It was more just awkward. It's kind of like yeah. I mean, the way I thought about sex and nudity and skin back then is a lot different than the way I think about it now. Like right. I matured a lot. So I think at the time it was kind of like uh, it was like you know, kind of you blush a bit. It was like, damn. Would you go to a strip club now? Probably not, honestly. I think I just don't gain any enjoyment from it. Again, I'm right. very I'm very supportive of people who wish to do stripping, OnlyFans. If you want to become a prostitute, again, it's completely your choice. As long as you feel as long as you are safe and you look after yourself, I'm completely supportive of that. But I honestly, yeah, it's just not where I socialise best. I yeah. I think that's the best way I can put it. I don't go clubbing. I mean I do. But like I don't know. I, I think for me it would be a matter of I'd be really bored. Um yeah. I mean, that's it coming from me, who I've mm. spoken about this before. It's just not that interesting. Yeah, same. I mean, um, mm. I'd rather see, and I mean, I have seen, again, at cabaret shows, strippers. Mm. Um, when I went to, actually, a few weeks ago, went to Bernie Dieta's Club Cabaret, which was part of the Fringe Festival, mm. and they had, I think he was, like, meant to be the world's best male pole dancer I think he was like considered world number one <laughs> hella yeah. impressive like my god I was thinking kind of like you have like the tennis rankings like Roger Federer's number one yeah yeah. Uh, this they, guy they, was they... the Roger Federer of pole dancing I'm pretty sure <laughs> what a title and what? it was incredible I was like how does your body do that like do you how can how? it contort itself but that wasn't I mean to be fair I'm not attracted to guys but I, I didn't say that as sexy Mm. To be fair, maybe if I was attracted to guys, I would have. But I, even then, even if it was a girl, I don't think I would have felt it was sexy. It would have been impressive mm. and like, you're more, cool. You're more, you're more impressed just by the athleticism and yeah, and involved. exactly. Mm. I did also go to another another show. This one wasn't a cabaret show, but it was again a fringe festival one. Uh, it was called Gods, and that was I saw the most penises I have ever seen in my life <laughs> uh, because all four actors got completely nude. Oh, but it was as like a comedy skit. Uh, there was, I'm sure some people, again, probably did find it sexy. It was very funny. It was mm. sexier than the pole dance, though. Yeah. It was sexier than the number one male pole dancer. I will say that. <laughs> I'm not sure why it was, but it definitely was. And I'm trying to figure that out in my brain. But maybe, I just don't think, mm. like, yeah, I mean, pole dancing doesn't seem sexy to me. It I seems mean, impressive. I've got another good example and all that. Have you heard of the um, restaurant Naked Poseidon? Yeah, 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 but it's not actually about getting naked. Oh, no, no, but the thing is that in Naked for Satan, they're kind of naked by name, naked by nature. You go in there, and all the walls are covered with um, naked uh, naked people, so it's kind of like, again, that doesn't do anything for me. I just find it funny. Right. Well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. It's Let us know if you've got any stories about going to strip. Like, what do you think? If you've mm. been to one, did you enjoy it? If you haven't been to one, do you want to? Let us know on our Tumblr, thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Completely anonymous, don't need an account. Or you can go through any of our other socials, at Naughty Rude Sin. It's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Moving on, next on the menu, I believe it's quiz time. It believe. is quiz time. Woo, it's quiz time. I'm stealing this quiz from Player One. They stole it from Moshpit. Uh, it's a quiz. It's very simple. 
you're the only competitor, so you're guaranteed to be both the winner and the loser. Multi- Who says men can't multitask? Ho, 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 you're multitasking tonight. <laughs> But yeah, I've got a few questions here. Most are definitions. I'll just uh, go in with a head. Uh, I'll give you a heads up with that. A little, mm. little bit of a preparation, a bit of foreplay, even. Oof. Most are just definitions, <laughs> but not all of them. And yeah, mm. let's just see how many, how many points you can get. How, how are you feeling? Uh, quietly confident. I think I have to be kind of venturing, kind of scared, kind of confident, but all around having a bit of fun. Well, I've got six questions. One of them has kind of a bonus question included, and the last question can get you multiple points. Ooh. Plus, bonus if points. you if you have any fun knowledge, maybe I'll give you bonus points. Hey, never a bad thing. But let's start off with a very a very medical one. What does IUD stand for? Oh God, urinary <laughs> <laughs> urinary device. No, you're very close. Mm. Do you do you do, do you want to take another stab at it? Or uh, I can just give you the answer. Yeah, I think answer. <laughs> it's intrauterine device, oh. not urinary. Intrauterine device. Do you know what it is? Um, yeah, it's basically um, another form of birth control that females use. Yeah, so it's for the uterus. Yep. Yeah, u- uh, and it's basically uterus. a small device. There's two types. Mm. Um, I won't go into all the details because we don't have time. But yeah, they essentially form a female, a form of um, they just uterus birth control. Kills sperm if it enters the uterus. Yeah. Easy. Um, okay, not bad. What does the acronym, and this is a bit of a weird one, but what does the acronym BDSM stand for? Bondage, domination, submissive, and M... Oh, no, not bondage. Oh, bondage? (laughs) I don't know. I'm trying to think. What did Fifty Shades of Grey say? (laughs) Don't listen to Fifty Shades of Grey. It's very bad. Definitely had a bit of a crush on Dakota Johnson, but that's another uh, discussion for another day. Don't get your BDSM info from Fifty yeah. Shades. It's not uh, So, like, bondage, domination, submissive, and... Yeah, I've had a complete mind blank with them. You're on the right track. See, the problem is it's actually a few acronyms smushed together. Oh. So, B and D stands for bondage and discipline. Ah. Uh. D and S stands for domination and submission, so D has two meanings, and so does S, because S and M is sadism and masochism. Oof. <laughs> Are you familiar with all those terms? Um, A few here and there. I definitely don't dive. I, I've dabbled in the past okay. with a little bit of that, but I definitely don't take the uh, dive into the deep end when it comes to the... Uh, the uh the rougher side of uh things when well, it comes to the sex. Then sex you might struggle with the next question. It's our hey. last acronym question. Uh, mm. And it is one more acronym. It's what does the acronym SSC stand for in the context of BDSM? SSC. Sadism. No, I'm. You've dra- gone completely wrong direction. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank there. So it's actually a very important acronym. It stands for safe, sane, and consensual. Mm. Basically, it's the idea that any action involved in, honestly, you could say about any sex, but specifically applies to BDSM, where sex mm. is, you know, generally riskier. Mm. It needs to be something that's safe. You know, you need to make sure everyone is safe. It needs to be something that's sane. You need to make sure you're treating it with the respect it deserves. You need to make sure you're doing it properly. You need to make sure what you're doing, even if it's risky, isn't risky enough to cause, for example, lethal damage or mm. permanent damage. Mm. And of course, everything needs to be consensual. Now, the bo- one of the bonus question was there's actually another acronym. I honestly think this one's a better acronym. Uh, I'm going to assume you're not going to know what it is if you didn't know uh, what that no, one is. No, um, wish I could call, wish I could phone a friend right now, but I cannot. So let's tell the audience the answer. Eh? So the other acronym is RAC, which stands for Risk Aware Consensual Kink. It's mm. a pretty similar. That. 
the reason I prefer it over SSC, over Safe, Sane and Consensual, is because risk-aware is very much the acknowledgement that you can really never make these things 100% safe. All you can do is try to minimise the risks, Hmm. be aware of what risks there are so that if anything happens, you know, and do your best to, yeah, be aware, but the actions are still risky. For a lot of people, that's what gives it the appeal, Hmm. right? And that's okay. You just have to be aware of it and take exactly. measures to be careful. It's kind of like the excitement of the unknown. It's kind of something exactly. you've never done before. Something out of the out of the ordinary. A bit out of the ordinary and, yeah, a bit risky. So, you know, I think that's better than saying making things safe. I think that implies a level of security that isn't always guaranteed because mm. there are some things that just will never be truly 100% guaranteed safe. There are some things that will always have risk. You've got to be aware of it. And that could just, that probably sums up sexual relationships in general. In general, yeah. But it does specifically, I think, apply to, you know, BDSM where things can be a little spicier. Hmm. Uh, Last BDSM question. We have got one more. In BDSM, what is a Switch? It is not the Nintendo console, in case you were going to say that. Was more of a Wii person growing up, being completely honest. Uh, I mean, if you were a Switch person growing up, you'd have to be a time traveller. It only came out in, like, 2017. (laughs) Ah, uh, but no, uh, Switch basically means you, but you like both both of the uh, forbidden fruits. You like being a dominant, but you also don't mind being a submissive. So you, you kind of, you kind of, as the thing goes, you kind of switch between, happy with either, depending obviously the person and the context it's in. And that is your first point. Go me. <laughs> I mean, are. I think I kind of got a point for the first question. You know, I'll, I'll give you a point for, for IUD, because you did say what it is, even if you didn't get the acronym 100%. Mm. You're still close enough, and you did get what it is. So we'll pay that as That's well. That's how I pass VC, people. <laughs> so you, you've got two points, actually. But yeah, so a switch is someone who can take who takes on both dominant and submissive roles. Uh, generally speaking, it might be you know they have a partner that they're always a dominant with or always mm. a submissive with, or maybe they're happy swapping with the same partner. It really just depends on the relationship. Moving away from BDSM, we're going to a bit more anatomy here. What slash where you know first no what slash where because what it is is also where it is is the frenulum. <laughs> Uh, sex ed was never my best subject in school, unfortunately. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for on the Naughty Root Show. So, exactly. let's see how you go. Got any ideas? Am I louder? Is on the... No, I think it's female. I think it's female. Do you want to know if it's a penis thing or a vagina thing? Why not? Yeah. You have one. It's a penis thing. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, nah, drawing blanks, unfortunately. So the frenulum is a sort of little gland. It kind of just looks like a little flap of skin right under the head of the penis that's very, very sensitive. There we go. Uh, I'll uh, keep it in mind. (laughs) You should. All right. You've not done too great. You're on two points at the moment. But this Uh, last question, this is where you make the big bucks, all right? This is the multi, multi... uh, Where I redeem myself. Yeah, this is the multi-point question. Name as many contraceptives as possible. One point for each. Go. I mean, uh, condoms, female, the female kind of wall. I forget what they're called. Yeah, that's uh, close enough. I, IUDs. Yep. Birth, I mean, morning after pill. Yep. Um. Well, wipes in general. Like, kind of just san- sanitary wipes. I forget what they're called. They're not really birth control, but they're kind of like... They're hey. not contraceptives, really. They don't really protect against uh, pregnancy. <laughs> No, they do not. Hmm. I mean, technically, like having fifteen more seconds. Uh, you can tell that I don't. I don't study <laughs> very often. Oh my god! Look, you've gotten four points so far. 
Exactly. I've doubled my score. Triple my score, actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's one of those things where you, you know them, you just kind of have a complete mind Three, break. two, one, time is up. So, yeah, uh, condoms, female condoms is the, kind of the barrier method, the sheet. Yeah, IUDs. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what was the other one that you mentioned? Uh, it's slipped my mind, but you did mention another one. Mm. Oh, morning after pill. Mm. Uh, there are a bunch of others. Um I won't go into all of them, but there's a contraceptive implant, mm. uh, which you actually mentioned earlier in the show, like yeah. the injection you can get. Um, yeah, I just completely forget what it's particularly called. Uh, you can get vaginal rings. A lot of this I'm getting from um, NHS Inform, by the way. Uh. Uh, they have a very nice little list. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there are others. Make sure you're using your contraceptives, people. But, exactly. You know, condoms, any, knowing condoms is pretty Any contraceptive good. is better than no contraceptive. Anyway, of course, of course. Uh, but no, you got six points total, which, you know... Go, me. Hey, there were only six questions, so you, you technically it, got a point for every question, kind of. It evens out. It evens out. The math checks out. You have been listening to Adam and I. We've been talking about strip clubs and our experiences, or more Adam's experiences with one. Gave Adam a fun, fun little quiz. Went into the internet and looked for some wonderful questions. We had our fantastic interview, or just a little little package of our interview with Simon Abrahams. Make sure to check out the full interview. You can find that very very soon on our podcast. So make sure to give that a listen, as well as the rest of the interviews we did as part of Fringe Festival. We spoke to Stella Delure about her cabaret show, Siete the Seven Deadly Sins. Bernie Dieta about her cabaret show, <laughs> Bernie Dieta's Club Cabaret. Uh, Abigail and Oliver, creators of Resistible. Olivia McLeod, creator of Pash. Just so many wonderful performers about wonderful performances. So give those a listen. And we also spoke a bit about social media and porn, thanks to the wonderful, wonderful uh, Unban of Nakedness by Tumblr. Interesting timing on that. We will probably keep you up with how that's developing in the coming weeks, so make sure to stay tuned and make sure to get in touch with us on our social medias. Get in touch with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Naughty Rude Sin. That's Naughty Rude S-Y-N. All one word. And also ask us questions, send us stories, tell us you love us on our Tumblr, which is thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Don't need an account. Completely anonymous. Go and do it. It'll be very, very fun. Check out some previous episodes on the podcast as well while you're listening to those interviews. Make sure you give those a listen. Tell us what you think. You've been listening to The Naughty Root Show here on Sin with Adam and Zach. Have a lovely, lovely night. We will see you next week. <laughs>